Y'all ready? As ready as I get. I like Big Nick said, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always ready. There it is. All right. Matt, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome, listener, to episode 95 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Guys, we're in the home stretch. I'm super excited on the, the March 2 episode 100. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what we're going to be talking about in episode 100. It's probably Neither do we, going to yeah. be it's probably going to be like something terrible. I'm sure it's going to be like city getting destroyed, people doing wacky things, maybe a, a heavenly council meeting. Who knows? But where, I'm excited. Uh, can, that I we're just ask, there. can I just ask a question? Sure. I, I, and I would love people to write in their their thoughts on this matter. I've got to know, when we started this project, how far into the Bible did you think we would be at episode 100? <laughs> so my cards my cards on the table, it was not Genesis 19. <laughs> I, got, I got grief about this in Deacon's meeting uh, yesterday. Someone said, you know, uh, eight months ago when uh, Brother Nathan started Genesis... Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, you know, that actually it really wasn't that bad. I've been of, here for five months. Um, <laughs> well, that, that actually reminds me of uh, our staff meetings here at First Baptist. Uh, Pastor Andrew, he always writes over under, like where he thinks we're going to, how far over or under a certain time are we going to go in staff meeting? And um, I think your average listener to the podcast at this point, they know what to expect. They know that we're probably only going to be like one chapter in the future by the time we reach chapter 100. But I'll tell you what, if you do want to write in, there's a great way to do that. And that's by going to our website, betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. There's a button right on the front page where you can fill out a little form you can fill out that goes directly to us. And we love it. I think out of all the things I ask you guys to do, whether it be liking, subscribing, written reviews on iTunes, stars, well, all that, which by the way, you should do that. I think the number one thing we love is getting folks writing in to our website. That's always um, an encouraging thing. But with all that being said, I believe uh, last time we were in Sodom and um, it wasn't going well. <laughs> yeah, Things I, were getting a little out of control. I'm, I'm not buying property here. Yeah, that's right. So, but I want to tap into that for a second. Why are you not buying property here? Because you, as the reader, or let's just put ourselves in the story and assume we are on Team Abraham or Team Lot, we know that there is a countdown ticking. Mm. Singing Nathan. Okay, never mind. Yeah, and we're I'm back not even on brand. Try. But anyway, the whole idea of final countdown, you know, one of the things that we do every week at church is uh, for our services on the screen, like when people come in the room, there's a countdown timer that everyone knows, hey, when that expires, hey, we should expect things to start. And I think, here's here's the catch. In fact, Gandalf and I were talking about this earlier when it comes to electric vehicles. 
Uh, oh boy! And not just that. Let's let's just let's move the conversation to a, an illustration that is not intended to be political at all. So do not take it there because I know this is a highly politicized topic. But right now, our culture is heavily talking about climate change. Uh, I wanted like twenty years ago, where Vice President Gore. Or, or at that time, former inconvenient vice truth. Yeah, the inconvenient truth. By the way, did I, y'all I've ever still s- not seen that? Did y'all ever see the fictionalized uh, day after tomorrow? Though, yes. Yeah, you remember that. So, but so this whole let's just assume we're not talking about the cause of climate change. What it is, where is it from? Like, the, I, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. All right, but whether it's <laughs> man-made or just the cycle of the solar system or whatever, we, we can, I, I love that we can always cop out too. Exactly. Not our area. We're just, it's, it's we're totally, just pastor theologians and a tech guy. Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, I will just say as a pastor, it always sounds so dumb to me when pastors talk authoritatively on issues the Bible does not address at all, but somehow because we hold the Bible, we think we have an authoritative opinion on everything. That's just a pet peeve of mine. Okay, I'm off the soapbox. Now, and Nathan kept his opinions to himself. <laughs> that's that's right. Um, so, anyway, here's what I'm getting at. Let's let's just say that rising temperatures are a reality. I don't know if they are, but let's just say rising temperatures are a reality. Forget the cause, and at some point, the icebergs are going to melt, and Florida is going to go underwater. We're going to lose the coastline. All of these things. Thank goodness. Scientifically, like That's, we know, it's going it. to fundamentally change how we listen to that country song about oceanfront property in Arizona. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. So, but like From we know this is going to happen. This is not okay. like some far fetched, strange thing. It's like we know it. We've seen the models. We know it's coming. We know it's going to happen. Hypothetically, yeah, it's going to happen. This is just hypothetical, and we are trying to communicate to people that, hey, you, you've got to get your stuff together. This is not, hey, let's you know back off the carbon emissions. This is, you need to move to Georgia. You need to move to Tennessee up in the hills. Like, if you don't, you are going to be destroyed. This this is, I think, maybe that You're could say, be... You would say people, are you saying, biblically, people are responding a lot the way that people are responding to climate change talk? Yeah, it, or at least in my scenario. And I forget oh, okay. about like the cause of climate. Again, that's not my field. I don't, I, I don't. If, if I don't something know. were imminent, how would you respond to the person who told you? If, and you knew, like you had insider information, this is going to happen. But what you were proposing seemed unthinkable and preposterous in the moment to whoever you were speaking it to. Hey, guess what? This place is is going to be destroyed, even in just a few minutes. That's what we're, or in a few, you know, a few hours. That's what we're dealing with. It sounds the destruction of Sodom sounded ridiculous until the first drip of sulfur. Mm. Uh, so this is, um, I feel like I have a joke in my head, but it's irreverent. But it's <laughs> well, not okay, meant well, to be irreverent, but it's well, going to come off say irreverent. It. And if it's, and Speak if it's your terrible, truth, brother. Yeah, if, if it's terrible, he can edit it out. Okay, so like I'm just imagining Lot trying to tell the people of Sodom, like, get out of there. In fact, one of the, one of the people, we haven't even read the text, by the way, uh, but one of the people in uh, the passage that he's going to tell are his 
sons-in-law to be, those who right. are betrothed to his daughters, right? Mm -hmm. And I just pictured Lot saying, guys, it's not too late to fireproof your marriage. <laughs> you know that, like the Kirk Cameron movie? Yeah, okay, oh, never mind. Oh, God. <laughs> well, so, Awkward but, but <laughs> Nathan, okay. So he does bring up something, though. I'm so which sorry, is, listeners. This is, this is what the story is about today. So let's look at Genesis 19, verses 12 through 14. Just a few was, verses today. As that was we a now, bad joke. No, it's okay. Gandalf, why don't you read today? And we right. will talk about this whole idea of urgency and preaching, how ridiculous it sounded to the people, all of that. We'll, we'll cover it. Let's look at verse 12 through 14. All right. And as always, this is from the ESV. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of the place. For we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. Yeah. So Gandalf, if, for instance, if I showed up at your house, because we're coworkers, we're friends, and I showed up to your house, I was like, Gandalf, dude, you... Like, you've got to get in your Tesla right now, and you've got to drive to Memphis because an asteroid, it, I'm telling you, we're going to get hit in Tupelo. We will not survive. I mean, <laughs> no matter how much you love me or care about me, I'm sorry. I, you I, would think I, I, I was I would, crazy. Well, I, I'd be making a call to Miss Andrea and saying, uh, Matt has taken too much of his pain meds again. And, uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Let, let's get some context here. I just had surgery. <laughs> that's why oh. I, that's, I just had that's surgery. Right. And Can that's I... why I have access to pain medication. And by the way, I'm no longer taking them. <laughs> so, you know, but... it's funny that you say that, Matt, not about the pain medication, about the asteroid. Uh, today, there is an asteroid redirect attempt that NASA is doing as, as we speak. It is happening right now. So you may be onto something. Oh, well, well, there can you I, go. Can I capture something real quick that I just caught? I, I had the Hebrew up alongside of the English. Sure. Go I don't it. know how my eye didn't catch this before because I'm just not a good reader, apparently. Um, at the end of 14, but he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. If If you heard that someone was jesting or telling a joke and it wasn't my fireproof joke, what is our response to jesting? Laughter. Yeah. It's it's really uh -oh. interesting. Yeah, yeah, there it is. It's really interesting. I see where you're going. In the Hebrew here, it says, "He seemed to to his sons-in-law to be causing to laugh." It uses a pl participle. It uses the same exact word that Abraham responds to God's announcement about his forthcoming son on the front side of the story. Mm -hmm. That Sarah has to God's announcement about the forthcoming son. And that they will eventually name that son Isaac, which means laughter, right? It's it's really mm -hmm. interesting, though, because when we talked about Abraham's response to God, Abraham is worshipful, right? He still bows prostrate before God. It's 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 this too good to be true, but I still believe it because it's God laughter. It's interesting to see the way that Sodom is a parody to that. Like they're laughing yeah. like there's no way that could ever come to pass. Yeah. 
but but in in the most irreverent way possible. Like Lot's the only one who received these visitors. You know, uh, uh, bowed before them, uh, made them uh, matzah bread. Um, it's interesting. They take this like a bad joke. Uh, I, but I think the wordplay on Isaac, given the context in between the announcement of Isaac and the birth of Isaac, I think that's very interesting. I've never seen that before. Didn't we talk yeah, about I that? Yeah, I never though? even thought about that. Like a month ago? Like the parallels between the two stories? Oh, I, I didn't remember us talking about this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't remember us seeing this before. Or Listener, may go, back at least. To, uh, go back to episode uh, 90 and uh, let us know. <laughs> oh, uh... Probably 85. Yeah, um, 85. But so this is not the only judgment preacher, though. This is not the only person who tries to rescue his family or rescue others from judgment. In fact, many episodes ago, we talked about the most famous preacher of of judgment in in the entire Bible, the Herald of Righteousness. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Noah. Noah. Yeah. And. And by the way, it turns out that Noah's preaching is just as effective as Lot's preaching. Yeah, one uh, of my favorite things, I can't, um, I I think it was you who said it uh, forever ago when we recorded that episode, you know, Noah preaches, because we, we talk about, um, you know, big mean God judging the world, and yet you made the point then, and you made the point last week. If anything, we should be amazed by God's opportunity for grace and repentance, right? Uh, well, yeah. You know, 120 years in Genesis 6. And you made the comment when we were recording that episode, there are no claw marks on the outside of the ark. Right. E- even when it's raining, their impulse was to go to the high ground, an extra biblical tradition, not to get on the sure. boat. Right. Uh, and that's that's the neat thing for me here mm. uh, is, uh, you know, Lot has been privy to this knowledge. He's he's telling people the only people who will be spared are him and his family. Really, really not even his wife, ultimately, right? It's him and his daughters. Um, because I mean, the, the cities, uh, there's so many things in the passage that are capturing the wit. Here's a great question like when we put the onus on God for destroying the city, who additionally would you have wanted God to save? <laughs> Right. Mm. Um, well, so. I mean, we. I mean, at this point, I mean, we have burned through a ton of chances. I mean, it's not yeah. 120 years, but I mean, like, how much more can be done at this point? We've had Abraham plead for the city. We've had, you know, angels like show up, and every single guy is out here clawing on the. At well, the door. and again, the the fact uh, when you know when the angels show up, when it talks about it, captures that multi generational uh, issue. Right. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, one other thing, just looking at the text here, look in verse number 12. Then the men said to Lot, these are the angels, that is, have you anyone else here? And then they give like a little laundry list, sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone, anyone. you have in the city, bring them out of the place. So there's a couple things here that I see. There is a pattern that if you want to be rescued from judgment, you have to... The issue is not getting out of Dodge. The issue in each of them is you have to be willing to go with the family that God has chosen. Well, I God, like that. God chose to save Noah and chose to save the world through Noah or made it available. Uh, God ultimately, in the Old Testament, is using Abraham's family 
uh, or here in Lot's case, God is choosing to save Lot's family. And to be saved from Sodom, you have to humble yourself and go with, with Lot's family. And by the way, Lot is just reviled in the previous verses by the people of the city as like, who is this guy coming here telling us what to do and, uh, and stuff like that. And it's interesting, frequently in the Old Testament, and I can think of just a few stories in particular, people miss the blessing of salvation because they're unwilling to humble themselves to connect themselves to the family that God has chosen. Or that, for instance, it seems too simple or trivial for them. I'm thinking about the uh, Assyrian general that got leprosy, Naaman. Naaman, and, yeah. What's that, Second Kings 5? Yeah, and where he goes and Elisha tells him, doesn't even meet him and just says, yeah, just go wash in the Jordan seven times. And he's like, well, gosh, we got rivers up there. And it, it insults him because it's so so simple like and what's yet so it special works. Of, yeah what's so simple what's so special about your rivers we have rivers well it's what makes it special is this is how god has chosen chosen to save and i i do think that there is something here of for both sides is that rescuing people from destruction is not inviting them out of the city it's inviting them into a family yeah, and then uh, missing out on salvation is 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 rejection of the family that God has chosen. It's it's interesting how you say that, and about you know bringing them into the family because it's interesting these judgment scenes, these apocalyptic judgment scenes. It's it's interesting how often there is a named city involved. So like here, Sodom, you know, we think of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? You mm -hmm. name Sodom and Gomorrah, someone doesn't have to know the Bible to know the imagery you're evoking if you say Sodom and Gomorrah. It's right. it's literally where the hellfire and brimstone sermon comes from. Um, another city that has that kind of connotation for me is Jericho. And it's, yeah. it's interesting, the parallels between um, uh, Jericho and Sodom, you know, and, and Jericho. How many visitors go into that city? <laughs> You're and by the way, he's talking about the beginning of Joshua. The yeah, the beginning of, of Joshua. Joshua chapter two. Walls of Jericho. Uh, yeah, and how many spies do they send? Two, just like mm -hmm. there's two angelic visitors, and, oh. <laughs> and 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 who and who harbors these spies? An inhabitant of the city who lives in the city wall. Mm. Uh, she's Rahab, a prostitute. Um, and it's interesting because when the, they find out the king of Jericho says. Hey, men of Israel have come, and they go to uh, they go to Rahab, and they say, "Bring out the men that you've brought into your house." <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's you, you hear that Sodom, you hear that Sodom word, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's so neat though because when they um, when they're staying with Rahab, this is what captures, um, you know, Ra Rahab essentially says, "Guys, we we knew you were coming." <laughs> We we right. we have heard how the Lord dried up the water from the Red Sea before you. This is uh, verse ten, following of Joshua two. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what He did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sion and Og, whom you who, whom you devoted to destruction. There's that Kerem language you talked about, Matt, mm -hmm. last episode. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted. Our hearts mm. melted. In other words, long before those two visitors got there, long before the two visitors got there, the people of the city had an awareness of what was coming. 
and yet the only one who expressed any repentance, shift of allegiance, cast her lot with the family God has chosen is Rahab. And because Rahab does that, it's not just Rahab who is saved, it's her whole family that gets saved. And I, th I think mm. that's interesting, right? Uh, the, uh, the, the parallel is is so uh, interesting between that and Genesis 19. In other words, God doesn't just spring judgment on Jericho. They, they've had all this time that they knew it was coming, and yet what do they do? They stay within the city walls, just like the Sodomites do. Mm. Mm. So the whole going back to arbitrary, we talked about it last week, that it's not cold-hearted arbitrary. Yes, Cue it's the, the halo will, music. Yeah, it's the will of the arbiter. God has chosen to do oh, this, but it's not... It's not a cold-hearted, I'm not going to give them an opportunity. They're never going to see it coming. It's rather, um, hey, I'm going to give people an opportunity. In fact, I'm even going to send angels into the city and tell them to get out. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how often have we seen angels, you know, and God sends angels into the city to give a warning? Yeah, so, I mean, if some, if I ever hear somebody, you know, criticize God for destroying Sodom and saying, well, why didn't he try to save the people? I guess my answer now is like, what, like, what do you want him to do? Like what else <laughs> it can be done at this point? That is a piggyback good point. rides for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I mean, this is the, but this is the question. It's, it's hand in hand with the question I asked earlier. Um, seeing the character of the people of Sodom, you know, when it says the young and the old down to the last man, who, who do you, who else would you want him to save? Who would you bring into your, who would you bring into your home of the of the people that stay there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and and show show me an example. Uh, this is the Jericho thing. This is the uh, Sodom thing, and this is there's one more prominent example we've got to go to. But show me the example of the person in the city under judgment who expresses even an ounce of repentance, and God slaughters anyway. That's right. Of course, the macro example of that is what we've talked about over and over again through the episodes is our go-to guy, Jonah, where another whole, named city uh, where yep. the fire was going to rain down. And they repented and the whole city is spared. I mean, God alone knows. Uh, ooh, doesn't Jesus address that hypothetical? He uses middle knowledge and says, I tell you, if the works that you have seen talking about... You and your fancy theological concepts, middle knowledge, uh, <laughs> the Molinist on the podcast, Capernaum. Dis di disregard that, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't it say what did Jesus in talking about it? If the works that, um, let, let me look. Today's it yeah. episode brought to you by Logos Bible Software. Right <laughs> here, I'll pause for just a second. Let me look this up. Okay, here it is. Uh, Nathan, help me find it in Matthew eleven twenty three. Okay, and you, Capernaum, insert you... keyboards clicking and logos Bible <laughs> software. <laughs> That's right, software working in the background. That's right, the unpaid research assistant. <laughs> I have one arm; it's hard for me to type right now. That's very fair. <laughs> All right, and you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. And by the way, Capernaum is where Jesus did a huge bulk of his ministry. Um, but I tell you, it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. Man. Woof. Woof. Man. 
Uh, this oh. city's on fire. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Uh, <laughs> man, that, that is a sobering thing. Because when you think of Sodom, you think, oh, man, think about what happened to them. And Jesus is like, yeah, but think of what's going to happen Yeah, it to gets you. worse. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, you, you have the very son of God walking in your midst. But, but anyway... The, it, it raises the dynamic we've talked about several times on the show. In those instances where you see, it's so often the people you don't expect to repent that that repent, right? This is the Jonah and Nineveh thing. This is the Rahab thing. She's a prostitute. And yet an ounce of repentance goes a long way with God. But for, for someone who is recalcitrant, just hardened in their sin, it's like it doesn't matter what God does that they're not they're not budging right and in the in the point i think that you're making in capernaum the sin was not uh a homosexual angel gang rape it was rather a hardened heart towards the son of god it is interesting when jesus talks about the unforgivable sin he the blaspheming the holy spirit because they said jesus has a demon yeah that, that's <laughs> you know and, the worst and, thing and, ever and in sodom they didn't recognize the angels as angels Something even worse than that is not recognizing Jesus as Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I, and I, ironically, in the ministry of Jesus, the people who recognize him for who he is first are the demons. Um, mm. That's Anyway, um, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, it, it, but again, I mean, you, you, you say strong language, but it captures we we are tempted. We are tempted to find the thing that is taboo to us or the hot topic of our day. Right. right. And and we make that the be all end all, man. Jesus says it's worse for those who don't respond to him. Uh, on they've seen even, in other words, God's biggest revelation uh, on 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 salvation and judgment is not the two angels that he sends mm. into a city. It's it's the eternal Son of God that he sends into the world in the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and it's it's one of those. If that's not enough for you, it's easy to look at them to say, "Oh man, they had more than enough reason to believe," and they didn't. But we've we've had even more. We've had Jesus, right? Mm. Um, so mm. and a, a little and a little repentance, also, a little repentance right. goes a long way. Uh, but yeah. a hardened heart is a hardened heart is a bad diagnosis. And Jesus is is saying that the reason that this judgment fell is because people didn't repent in response to the signs they received. That it was they did not repent at the preaching of Noah. They did not repent at the preaching of, you know, Lot. They did not repent, or the concern, whether you want to call it preaching or not, the, you know, the people of Jericho did not repent with the arrival of, you know, the Israelites. Like what well, it's, it's, it's so this interesting. Is not arbitrary. It's like you're saying these people, they've had time. Well, I, had... I think this is exactly, you know, we've talked about second Peter and Jude, second Peter and Jude are connecting these dots. They're connecting the flood story with the Sodom and Gomorrah story with the resurrection and return of Jesus. Right. Mm. Uh, it, it's tempting to doubt the charisma that uh, a once and for all judgment of, of the heavens and the earth is coming to play when Christ returns. And and man, New Testament writers speaking of that space saying, man, I'm sure it sounded crazy in the days of Noah. I'm sure the Sodomites never thought God would, would rain down fire. God doesn't delay as you guys count delay. He he doesn't want anybody to perish. That's oh, his pattern. Yeah. But this hey, is serious stuff. Y'all look real quick into Jude. 
Look at Jude and look at verse seven. I've just made this connection, and it's based on Jude something seven. that uh, hey, Nathan just Jude. said. That's right. So look at verse seven. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulge in sexual, sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire, yet in like manner. These people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme glorious ones. Who are the glorious ones? They're angels. In Genesis 19, they are, yeah. Yeah. They're, th he's talking about the angels, that they, they didn't, they, and it's, it's also your point to, uh, this is uh, Jesus, who's even greater than an angel. He's the God-man. It, they, it's, it's all, it's, it's rejecting this heavenly authority. And just to, just to prove that we don't make this stuff up, these little dots that we're connecting, go down just a few more verses to verse 11. We've talked about named cities and judgment. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain. 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 Who's our first city builder? Oh, man. So <laughs> ding, true. Ding, ding. So. And abandoned for themselves gain to Balaam's error and perished in course rebellion. Oh man. My, my, my. It's so. all connected, guys. We tell yeah. we're telling you, we're not crazy. Mm. No, and here and here's my thing. I say this in church and I and I say this on this podcast. We're not doing this podcast because uh we think uh that we've connected all the dots. I think there's even more that we miss all the time. Listener, if you don't want to be disconnected, I recommend that you subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm, I'm so glad Tuesday... you didn't say consumed with fire of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then every Tuesday morning, you're going to receive a notification that we are connecting more dots. Even if they're not all of them, they're at least the ones that we're seeing. And if you think that's a worthwhile proposition, then go ahead and give us a heart, a like, a plus mark if you're on um, Apple Podcasts, whatever that looks like on your platform of choice even the weird third-party ones we accept you we see you uh you are invited into our house but if you do that you're telling the algorithm that this is worthwhile content so until then we'll see you next week mm. good stuff see you next time shalom i just having a, uh, a closing thought here with the whole city idea, you're either trusting in walls to save you or you're trusting in the word of God. Some trust in chariots. We trust in the name of the Lord. Our Nathan, God. you are, you are killing it today, Nathan. There's a <laughs> song for everything, dude. dude you get me on a fresh <laughs> cup of coffee. Good night, sleep brain today. I like that episode. I'm going to push stop.